reading from Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 29 to 31. The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. The word of the Lord. This morning I want to speak from that Ezekiel passage uh, and particularly pick up on verse 30 of that passage. We'll be looking at that again in a moment. But all my life um, I have been intrigued by people who have seen or who see a bigger picture than their peers. People who live out values, people who exhibit virtues that other people only aspire to. The problem though and there are very few examples, but many churches and many Christian agencies in this land simply give up trying to uh, integrate their faith into their community. They simply fail to be incarnational. As individuals, as Christ followers this morning, we are not immune to that paradigm. We too simply give up trying to integrate into our community and public life. It's too difficult. It's too complicated. It's hard enough just to get through the day-to-day grind without introducing the Jesus paradigm into the mix. And so what we do is we make a deal with God. We make an arrangement with God. I'll go to church, God, when I can. I'll put my kids through Sunday school. I'll try and read the Bible. I'll pray when I can. And I'll live and lead a moral life. And we make this deal with God. And when we settle for that paradigm, even though we think that we're better than the unchurched, when we settle for that paradigm, what what we're really doing is we're settling for the well at least. The well at least paradigm. Well, at least I'm better than that person. Well, at least I'm better than them. And what we're really saying to God is, I'm not going to try anymore. I'm not going to stretch myself anymore. I'm not going to mix faith and community anymore. And so we have our Sunday faith. I will have my private faith. But I have given up trying or I am not going to attempt to integrate that faith into the daily life and with the people that I see outside of Sundays. When I look at the book of Acts and I see how the Holy Spirit worked in the early church, how the Holy Spirit prompted and stretched the people. And in the prompting and in the stretching, surprise and miracles happened. And not just in their church meetings, but in their communities, in their government. It happened in military garrisons. It happened in their businesses. Surprise and miracles followed the early church's ministry in all the arenas of life. Right into their community where where the people of God opened themselves up to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. 2,000 years later... When we look at the church of the 21st century, I still think God expects each one of us to follow the promptings and the stretchings 
of the Holy Spirit. We might be more technologically savvy than the first church, than our early church was brothers and sisters, but we definitely have, and we definitely, sorry, have more wealth uh, than our first century brothers and sisters, but our mission, hear me, our mission has not changed. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. This has been our theme for the last four weeks. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority, where? In heaven and on earth has been given to me, he says. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. But the fuller mission, go therefore, is a massive challenge to our sensibilities. Go therefore into your community. Go therefore into your daily life. Go therefore into your secret life. Go therefore into your public life, your working life, your sport life. Go therefore is a massive challenge this morning. It's that cold slap of reality in the face if we're looking to live out just a private moral life. And as we conclude our series on thankfulness, where to go now? Where do we go now? Do we just pray? Because we are good at that, aren't we? We can pray. Prayer is a necessity. Prayer is a weapon. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in, in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So prayer is necessary. Prayer is a weapon. Sometimes prayer is also all we can do because of distance or because of the unknown. But my point is this. We cannot allow prayer to be a crutch. A crutch not to do anything. As a church, we have been called to fulfill the great command. Jesus gave us a grander vision. Jesus gave us a great mission. Go therefore means go therefore. And if you have to stretch, if you have to look for miracles, go therefore means we're going to have to trust God that he will meet our needs for the grander vision of 2023 and 2024, isn't it? There, go, therefore, means once the moral condition of our community has been revealed to us, we must move to action. We can't just say, oh, that's sad. I'll pray for you. We can't say that. That's okay. But we can't just say that because the moral condition of South Akron has been revealed to us. So let's look at our text. The Lord God says this. He says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. But I found, how many people did he find? No one. The Hebrew word for someone is, the Hebrew word is ish. It means a human. It mean, not just any human, but in this context, it means a certain person, a constant or a consistent person. It means a steward, a champion, a worthy person. And the word uh, uh, for gap in Hebrew means a space, an emptiness between two spaces. 
So God himself says, I looked for someone, I looked for an ish to fill the gap, to minimise the space, and there was no one to be found, not one man, not one woman, who would stand in the gap. A gap, by definition, represents a place of weakness, a place of vulnerability, a place of danger. So today, I'm asking you to be the ish in our text. I'm asking all of you in this room, those of you who are watching online as well, to be the ish of our text, to be that certain person, to be that worthy person, to be that champion, to be that man or woman who recognises gap situations and trusts God to use them to make a difference, even if it's the smallest difference. So the question is, are you that person? Because in reality, God is still looking for someone to stand in the gap. That means he is looking at us, Holy Spirit Anglican Church, as we gather in this community, in this city of Akron. The church is not just here in this place. Everybody outside of these four walls belongs to the church. Amen. They just don't know it yet. So that means there's gaps, isn't there? There's gaps. There are people that are not here, that should be here. There's gaps. And if we're going to take our example from Jesus, we have to move towards the lost. We have to move towards the unchurched. Jesus ate with the lost, didn't he? He conversed with the lost. Jesus sat with people who didn't look like you and I. And he shared the good news of God with them that the kingdom of God had arrived. He went towards the Samaritan woman. He went towards the woman at the well. He went towards Zacchaeus, the tax collector. He went towards the woman caught in adultery. He went towards the demon-possessed man. The reality is the message is sacred, but the method is not. So if we believe that everybody belongs to this church... That means there's a whole bunch of people who don't know that yet. There's a whole load of people who haven't received a personal invitation yet. So that means we have gaps in our methods. We have gaps in fishermen, those who would be the fishers of souls of men, those who would be the fishers of souls of women those who would throw out a net, those who would throw a line in and reach whomever for Jesus Christ, those who would stand in the gap because the method is not sacred, only the message is sacred. So the grander vision I have for our church is that we would engage our community with every method and resource that the Holy Spirit provides us. The greatest challenge we face is the fear of man and the moral life. We must not be afraid to take our faith into the community. One man said, fear is the absence of faith. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Now, that's a game changer right there. We must not be afraid to take our faith into the community. Let me extrapolate my point a bit by talking about a man called Nehemiah. This man, Nehemiah, was going about his life in the city of uh, Susa, 
Today, uh, that would be modern-day Iran, uh, close to the Persian Gulf. There should be a map behind me that you can see where, where it is. So Nehemiah was a Jew. Uh, he was born during the Babylonian captivity. Now, we talked about that a few weeks ago and explained all that. Now, he, 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 he's got a great job. He's got a fantastic job. He's working in the Persian royal palace and he's living a great life. So he's got a great job, a great career, he's got a great social life, and he's living, he's living his best life. And so the scripture says that one day he was going down to his local citadel to worship, and he sees his brother Hanai. And with his brother Hanai, there's a man from Judah. And they walk up to Nehemiah, and Nehemiah asked the question that changed the course of his life. And he said to the man from Judah, how is Jerusalem? Here is an important lesson for all of us this morning. Because if you're not going to do anything about the answer, don't ask the question. Because the answer that Nehemiah got changed the trajectory of his life. Once he heard about the walls of Jerusalem, that they were in ruins. Not just in ruins, but they had been in ruins for 140 years. The temple lay exposed. The people were vulnerable. And Nehemiah felt like he had to do something because a gap was presented. Because with revelation comes responsibility. With revelation comes responsibility. Once the moral condition of our community has been revealed to us, we must move into action. So let's have a look at the four things that Nehemiah did when he heard about the problem in Jerusalem. Number one, Nehemiah prayed. The Bible says that Nehemiah began to fast and pray. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4 says, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. God gave him a strong burden. Nehemiah began to weep for his people. He began to cry out for hopeless, for the hopelessness of the city. And so my grander vision in, is that, that we at Holy Spirit Church would be moved for our community, just as Nehemiah was moved for his community in Jerusalem. That's why I did those fridge magnets for you. That we would stand in the gap for the hopeless, for the needy. That we would engage our community and, and, and collaborate with our community to see the vulnerable assisted, to be a voice for the voiceless. The Bible says that Nehemiah prayed for Susa, from Susa sorry, for, 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 for several months. Number two, Nehemiah planned. Planned, planning this morning is crucial because planning is part of the process. All of us here, we want the final product, don't we? Because we like the final product. We are the two-minute pot noodle generation, aren't we? We want everything done, finished in two minutes. Ding! The microwave goes off. We want and we like the final product. But what we don't like is the process. However, Nehemiah planned... He did not just expect it to happen for him. He strategized. He, he systemized. And he approached the issue with a process. Number three, Nehemiah proceeded. In other words, 
Now is the time to go. Now is the time to act. It's time to move and go from Susa to Jerusalem, 780 miles away. An opportunity has presented itself as a sacrifice. And if we're going to lay hold of a, a grander vision this morning, then many opportunities will present themselves as a sacrifice. Those that are praying and planning, this is the next step in laying hold of a grander vision. And so part of that vision is participating sacrificially because a gap has been presented, because with revelation comes responsibility. Once the problem has been revealed to us, we must move to action. Number four, Nehemiah persuaded. Whenever you decide to stand in the gap, there will be opposition. There will be resistance. There will be a refusal to accept your position or even your methods. The moment you decide to stand in the gap, there will be resistance. But we have a mandate from Jesus himself. Go, therefore, and I will be with you until the end of the age. We have a message to deliver to this community. But who will invest in the method? Who will stand in the gap? Because the method equates to sacrifice. The method equates to action. Plan, sorry, pray, plan, proceed, persuade. The other thing that is a standout in this story is Nehemiah is neither a prophet, Nehemiah is not a priest, Nehemiah is not a king. Nehemiah is just a regular person. He was just a regular person. He worked a regular job. He had a good job, but he worked a regular job and he was going about his life in a normal way. What makes him special is he saw the need. He prayed, he planned, he proceeded, he pursued. He got involved. He goes about his life in a very normal way. What made him special was that. He was just a regular bloke who got involved in his community. Nehemiah realised his resources he released, sorry, his resources into that gap. He released his resources into that gap, into the gap of his city. He, he released resources into the gaps of his community and he engaged the problem. Because the question that Nehemiah asked is relevant today. He asked, how is Jerusalem? That is a relevant question today, isn't it? How is Akron? How is Firestone Park? How is Kenmore? How is Barberton? How is South Akron? How is East Akron? How is your neighbour? That, 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 that's relevant today, isn't it? That question is relevant today. Regardless of where, where you live or what community that you're a part of or where you work, there are gaps everywhere. One man said these words, courage is an inner resolution to go forward despite obstacles. Cowardness is submission, surrender to circumstances. Courage breeds creativity. Cowardness uh, represses fear and is mastered by it. Cowardness asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it political? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when we must take a position 
that is neither safe nor political nor popular, but one must take it because it is right. I'm not here to twist your arm up your back this morning, but I am here to expose to you the responsibilities and the possibilities Holy Spirit Anglican Church has. And I'm inviting you to partner and share your gifts of resources. I'm asking you to help me to redig the wells that this congregation was founded on 40 years ago. Let me bring you up to the balcony and let's look ahead to 2023 and 2024 as we move about our community through Kenmore, through Firestone Park, through Coventry. I've noticed there's a massive gap in our presence in this community. We're not known and we're not physically seen or recognised as a place of worship. I talk to my neighbours and it's a 30 minute walk from here to my house. And they say, oh, well, you're Australian, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm a pastor, where? On South Main Street. There's no church on South Main Street. They all say that, there's no church on South Main Street. I go, yeah, yeah near, near the, the, the Main Street Saloon. <laughs> what? Yeah, the, the old funeral home. Ah, oh, the old funeral home. The old funeral home. So, we've been talking about this in our vestry meetings. And so, in the preceding 12 months, we want to lift the physical presence in our community of Holy Spirit. And we can do that um, right now in three ways. Okay? Three ways. Number one, firstly, let's lift our presence uh, on, 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 online. Let's lift our presence online. First of all, with a professional website. Now, everybody who's under 50 years of age, who's looking to visit a church, what do they do first? They go on the internet, don't they? They check out the church's website, they listen to sermons, they watch a service online, and they want to see if it's worth their effort to come physically to the church. Everyone who's younger than 50 do that. So there's a massive gap in our online presence at the moment. We need to let young people, I'm saying young people, I, I still think I'm 23 years old in my head, but <laughs> we need to let young people know that we care, that we're a safe place to attend, that we're a friendly bunch, that we love Jesus. And uh, all that can be done even before they step foot into the front, through the front door. They can do that with a good online presence. And so while we wait for that to happen, let me give you a challenge. We did this, I did this, and so I said to the vestry guys, um, if you reshare the Facebook stuff that I put up, the church, um, um, the church uh, in, uh, invitations that go up on the Facebook page, everything, if you reshare that, Facebook pick up that as an algorithm, and if anyone's looking to go to church or anything in Akron, because we have reshared all our stuff, our church will pop up. They'll get a little ad. Isn't that right, Andrew? Yes. Yeah, you're young. You understand this stuff. <laughs> and, so, and so here's the deal. Here's the deal. In the last two months, our tra the traffic to our Facebook page has increased by 300%. Because just a couple of us have been resharing stuff. 
300%, 200 people engage with our Facebook page. Now, there's not 200 people here. God bless it if there was. We'd be extending, wouldn't we? I'm challenging. While we get our Facebook, while we get our website sorted out and we get it all tricked up, share what you see. If you're on Facebook, I know some of you are not, but if you are on Facebook, reshare. Okay, reshare the, the, the invitations, reshare everything that has to do with Holy Spirit Anglican Church on your Facebook pages. And uh, let's, let's start get the message out. Number two, let's lift our presence with strategic signage. Our building has two massive blank walls facing south and west. On a daily basis, I, count, I sit in my office. I counted over a thousand cars go by just in the few hours I sit in the office. A thousand cars. That's two to three thousand sets of eyeballs a day <laughs> that don't know that we're here. And what, what, else is, what else is on that south and west wall on the street? Set of traffic lights. Who stops at traffic lights? Everybody. And we've got two big blank walls. So we have a gap opportunity, don't we? We have a gap opportunity. We have a gap to invest in appropriate PVC banner signage and to lift the presence of this building and the ministry of Holy Spirit Anglican Church. Imagine what we could do during Easter or, 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 or Christmas, Thanksgiving. You know, we, could, we, could do, we could blow the socks off of everybody who goes past. Number three. Let's lift our presence with strategic neighbourhood outreaching. In just a three mile radius that surrounds uh, our church, there's some really great neighbourhoods. And so we can do so much just by putting a door hanger invitation on the neighbourhoods that are around our church. And um, I looked it up for 500 uh, door hangers that just says, we invite you to church and some details on the back. It's 100 bucks. So uh, it's, it's not resource intensive, but we can do that. It just requires some people to say, yes, I will stand in the gap and I will do a couple of streets in one of the neighbourhoods that the church vestry select. I will do that. So there's three ways in the next 12 months we can dramatically lift the community presence just with minimal effort. However, it will take a fourth way. Because standing in the gap requires sacrifice. It will require prayer and it will require finances and it will require commitment. And so as we move into the second half of 2023, I'm calling all of you to stand in the gap with me. And my hope is that, 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 that my hope is to catch your attention this morning, to show you the possibility of being thankful of being generous and how the two go together hand in hand. That was the point of this four-week sermon series. If we can resource just those three things really well, a good website, good signage, great outreach, then standing in the gap will create a lot of ministry opportunities down the road. And so my hope and my reason for doing this is it was to challenge you all to stand in the gap with your resources and secondly to stand in the gap with your prayer life this morning. Matthew 17, 20 to 21 says, So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, 
For assuredly, I say to you, if you have, what, the faith as, as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So as we move from 2023 into 2024, I covet your prayers this morning. So let us make the next 12 months a year of growth, a year of expansion. And more importantly, let's make it a year of thanksgiving. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are our unlimited example, our ultimate and unlimited example this morning and our unlimited resource. By your grace and the greatness of your majesty, may our hearts be transformed and in the next 12 months give us the eye to see the grander vision and the courage to step into the gaps that are all around us. We pray this in your precious name to the glory of God the Father. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.